What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everyone that is watching this podcast live on YouTube or in the Facebook group, or is listening to this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcast? Today, we have a special someone that is going to help you execute the simplest levels of sales. It's a sales process that for you, for the longest time, have had this thing in your mind that probably you're not good at it. You never had experience with sales. I myself haven't had an experience with my sales, with sales before I was an engineer. So for me, it was really something new that I had to understand. But like anything is a science that you can actually put together in a framework. We're going to understand it here today. Uh, a lot of you guys know how to do numbers, real estate wholesaling, real estate flipping, um, being able to just understand the real estate backend side. But since this is a game of marketing and sales, so acquisitions is going to be everything is going to change your, name, your, your game in here. And then the other side is the dispositions, which also includes sales, but more in a business to business side. This is going to be valuable for you. Huge. So it only takes about 60 seconds to just leave us a review. Tell us how we did. And uh, if you loved it, give us a five star and also reach out to this new guest that I have here. And that is Nathan. What's up, man? What's up, man? Man, I love that intro video you had, man. That was sweet. <laughs> I got to get one of those. I'm pumped here because um, you being specializing in something that someone ultimately needs a lot. Yeah. And sure. uh, I see a lot of people pe preaching on how to run this automated business or how to run this wholesaling business and it's a simple business to do but right really th there's no one to specialize on specific skill sets that we ultimately need right uh, or there's just a few people out there yeah yeah it's true so you decided to go into helping people uh with your sales skills and everything has to do with sales uh, your company is called? So my company is called InvestorThrive.com. Um, but uh, mainly what I do is I teach people it's called painless wholesaling, right? Because we all know wholesaling can be pretty painful, right? My last name is Payne. So I was like, let me show people the painless way to do it. You know what I'm <laughs> I really like it. Right. So uh, Nathan Payne, like there's there's a there's a few things that I really like from, from that. First of all, it's very marketable. Yeah, um, people it. will understand that pain... It's your last name, but also it is also painful to really master that art. Oh, dude, it and, is. And here, here's one of the biggest things that I have had. A lot of people actually come in to this game, to a wholesale game. Yeah, yeah. They come to a program, they get a coaching program, they start doing marketing, and they think that they know how to talk to people. They think that they know right. how to sell. They think that they're good at sales. But in reality, when you go and listen to their conversations, you listen to how they interact with other other human beings that mm -hmm. are in a troublesome situation. It's not that way. You're right, right. So I I see that one of the biggest that's one of the biggest hurdles that we have at, at helping us understand helping others understand why do they think that they they know sales, but in reality not. Like there's always always something there. 
that people need to understand when they come to the wholesaling and real estate investing uh, side. Talking to homeowners, yeah, talking to these people. So tell huge. me, tell me more about like what are your thoughts about that, man? Well, so I got my experience. Um, I did door to door sales, so I would go knock on people's doors. Uh, I started when I was like 22, actually 19 years old. I went on a mission for my church. I'm from the LDS Mormon Church. So when I was 19 to 21 years old, I went on a mission for my church. And I went and talked to people about like Jesus, right? Yeah. So uh, every day I was knocking doors or talking to people and a lot of people weren't interested, right? Obviously nobody really wants to talk about that. Like, especially if they don't know who you are. So I got from that experience, I learned to like, uh, take how to take rejection, right? And not to take it personal because it's not personal, right? You, 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 whether you're asking a homeowner if they want to sell their house and they say, no, that has nothing to do with you. They just didn't want your offer. Right. So same thing. So I learned that and then I did door to door sales and I learned that uh, I actually learned the wrong way to do sales, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I would knock on people's doors and I'd be like, hey, I'm only here in this area for, I was selling Dish Network, which was a satellite TV. And I'd say, hey, I'm only in this area for a little bit of time. I'm here to, you know, uh, help you lower your bill. And I got to, and I'd have to get that sale right then, right? So after I did door to door sales for six years and I went into uh, wholesaling, I was trying to get people to make decisions like right now. Yeah. And, and I would try, with, with the way I used to sell is it was like benefits. I'd be like, Hey, this is why you should switch. You should switch because of, you know, you get more channels, you get better DVR, you get better stuff. And I was trying to sell off of benefits. Right. And when you sell some, when you're trying to buy someone's home and you just try to sell them off of your benefit offer, that's the wrong way to do it. No, you can say, Hey, uh, I can buy your house quick, easy, fast, convenient. And, and, and this is my offer and I need you to accept it. It's not going to work yeah. because your offer is too low. And they probably have five other people talking to them. And, and that's just not how you do sales. So actually being in wholesaling has taught me the right way to sell uh, because it, you can't force someone to take your offer in wholesaling, yeah. right? But let's also drill a little bit more into that because, I mean, for example, you had a, a lower ticket sale. Yeah. yeah. Back, back then when you used to do it door to door. There's low ticket, uh, yeah. There's low ticket, medium ticket, high ticket, like huge, huge long sales cycles tickets. Like there are different types of sales mm -hmm. where the techniques need, need to be different. So ultimately, exactly. ultimately, because that that exists, you also have to be able to accommodate to the type of industry, to exactly. that type of uh, avatar, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can sell, I don't know how much it cost the door-to-door sales that you had to do. But right now we're talking, first of all, about someone that has to do a decision on one of the biggest assets that they've exactly. ever owned in their life. And maybe that decision could screw them up, could like give them a great outcome. Mm -hmm. But there's always also that fear that something is happening right now, right in there that has uh, some sort of motivation. Yeah. And, uh, and people, so new wholesalers or people that have been in the game of sales and done a different type of sales, they think that, I think, I think that they judge the the people or this or the lead way too fast without really having a deep conversation exactly and i think a lot of people go from like maybe a sales background like i had where it's a low ticket or mid ticket this is a t completely different sale right you got to find out the motivation that's like you got to find out why the seller is selling you got to find out what's going to benefit them and help them through a process it's not something that they can just make a decision immediately right so i think that's i think that's what i struggled with when i first started uh doing sales and, and wholesaling was i was just trying to get them to take my benefits do the benefits hey this will be quick fast easy convenient and people are like mm, 
let me think about it, right? Or they're like, uh, let me check with some other people because it is their biggest asset, right? So I actually started doing a ton of sales training on how to present offers and how to be like the consultant versus the, uh, you know, a salesman, right? So I don't even really uh, have one way to pitch a deal. I have multiple ways to pitch offers, right? And I say, which one works best for you, Mr. 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 Seller? And that's how I, I work now. And it works great because it's not pushy. It's uh, they don't even feel like you're selling them. You're just coming to an agreement, right? So uh, that that's it. Took me a while to learn that, but that's what I'm trying to teach people is whole. If you just make a wholesale offer and that's all you know how to do, you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Because then I'm going to come behind you and call the seller and I'm going to pitch them wholesaling, fix and flip, novation. I can uh, I can list it for them. I can help them fix it if they want to keep it. I can tell them the, uh, that they can keep it as a rental. I have all these ways. And I, I talk to them about what they want to do, and then they decide what they want, and then I can make money. Doesn't matter which one; I can make money on yeah. all of them. When did you realize that you were not that that you needed to modify or change the way that you were doing sales? Like, was there is there something that happened? Just experience talking to sellers. How do you realize that? I think it's uh, after talking to so it's like let's say we talked to 100 people and only one person was accepting my offer right or like 10 this is too low right i got to i got to up i got to monetize every lead as you know it's, it's marketing is expensive so if you can only make one offer or you know only get five people interested and you spend all that money you got to do something to switch so my goal is to monetize every lead right make as much as i can and you can only do that if you know how to help a seller in multiple situations and monetize yeah. that right so you come from door-to-door uh, -door sales, um, and is that what you did your entire life, or what? What? What's your background? Yeah. So bef before I went on my mission when I was 19 in high school, I did a little construction. I did a little Smoothie King. I worked at Smoothie King a little nice. bit. But after my mission when I was 22, I I just did door-to-door -door sales, ran sales teams until I was about 26. Graduated from college. Also ran a, uh, a music venue in college. I bought like a little. A music venue and cereal bar because I like cereal a lot. So I, we, we had cereal. We would sell cereal bowls to people. Uh, so I did that. So that was just fun. Uh, but yeah, mainly it was just sales, door-to-door uh, -door sales and like negotiating. But again, completely different sale, right? So I the reason why I got into wholesaling originally in, in real estate because I was like, man, I'm good at selling people. I'm good. I, I can convince anyone. That ain't it's different. You can't really convince someone to take an offer that's 50% of the value unless they need that service, right? Unless they really need or if they're in a bad situation. So I had to really pivot how the way I did things in order to monetize because it's tough. Yeah, man. So, okay. Um, a lot of people don't have sales background. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did engineering. Maybe maybe they were a technician, worked as an operator somewhere. They've worked in, I don't know, in the fast food restaurants or the re retail retail industry and they never had really sales experience yeah, or yeah. never had to do like this type of sales they just maybe had to talk to a few people or they never talked to people so so if, when you see uh these type of people coming into the industry and they they just go right away into like i want to learn how to do like arb how to do comps how mm -hmm. to like potentially have the best offer but you know that they need to understand sales yep. from the basic level to the most advanced in order to actually grow their business and start closing deals. How do you approach that? Like if someone you don't have, you don't have, doesn't have experience, that, yeah, that skill set, never been in sales. How how do you approach that? 
I think what I teach people is like, look, uh, it's not so much again, people come from like trying to convince like the benefits of the offer. You got to find out what the seller wants first, right? The first thing I ask the seller when I talk to him and as I just say, um, what's got you interested in selling? I want to know that's all. I don't care about the house. I don't care about anything at this point. Just what, what's up, what's going on in your life. What's got you wanting to sell. They give me some, they give me some idea of why they're selling. Then I say, look, um, I got a lot of ways I buy properties, right? Which ones have you already explored? What have you already talked to an agent? Do you want to keep it? What, and I try to find out what they've done, right? Cause if I just start going into my pitch, if I just start going into like what I, what's good for me or what I can offer, I don't know a lot of information still. So I think for people that are brand new, they got to understand, uh, what, what's going on with the seller's life. Like what have they looked into? That's that, that would say number one, care okay. about the seller more than what you have to offer. Right. Okay. Cause if you just start ram, you know what I'm saying? If they start yeah. rambling, Oh, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. So it seems like you first go with the care, like, so care with what the sellers is looking for. Yeah. Uh, so it's all about them and yeah. you make it look all about them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then right after that, like, how would you approach a conversation? Would you set, like, would you tell them like how the conversation could go? Like the process, what would be, do you send an agenda? You set a frame? Oh, of course. Yeah. So this is, I'll just tell you the sales process that I use. So I start the call off and I say, Hey, is now a good time to chat? Like I know we set either we scheduled a zoom call or whatever. Say, Hey, do you still have five, 10, 15 minutes to talk? They say, yes. I say, okay. Hey, just so you know how this conversation is going, you set the expectation, right? Of what the call is going to be about. Or you say, Hey, um, today, I know this is the first time we're talking, but today I want to discuss uh, what options that we have to purchase your property because, you know, apparently you want to sell, right? You came into, let's just say you came in through pay-per-click. You came in saying you want to sell. So today we're just trying to find out if we can work together if I can buy your house. That's the purpose of this call. And at the end of this call, you can say, let's move forward or let's move forward to buy your house or not. So now they have an expectation of what's going to happen. It's not, we're not going to blindside them at the end saying, hey, I want to buy your house. So after you set the expectation, then I go, so let's, let's find out. I'm just curious what's got you interested in selling. It seems like a great home. They give you the spiel, right? And then you go into options. Okay. Well, you told me that's why you want to sell. What else, what have you done up to this point? Cause I don't, I'm not trying to cover something that you've already, you've already tried to do. Have you listed it? Have you decided, do you want to keep it? It's keeping it an option. Do you want to flip it yourself? I don't have the money for that. Okay. So flipping's out of the question. Um, do you, do you want to list it? Like I said, and they're like, no, I don't want to list it. I don't want people walking through my house. Okay. So listings out. So, okay. Then there's a cash offer. Then you're really, you're narrowing it down. So I think as someone that's new, you really just got to find out what they've done and narrow down their options for them. And then you have a better idea of like a conversation where you're trying to take. Yep. No, I get it. Okay. So one of the biggest things that I also uh, notice is some people will come from another industry and they'll try to do this exact same thing, just like what you mentioned, exact mm -hmm. same thing that they did in the other industry, rush the call, uh, pretend that everyone needs to sell, pretend that everyone's going to give away their house and things like that. Not so, even close. Yeah, not <laughs> even close. Um, so how are you molding people that came from another industry and came in, let's say, doing, I don't know, HVAC sales or car sales and things like that, but they're still having a difficult time with talking to people, oh, they're not accepting my offer. Oh, they're just telling me I need to think about it, or that, or oh, or I'll just they're just telling me I'm just going for another another investor that you know I'm talking to. They're 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 just they're just stuck in not being able to lock a property under contract, right? Or maybe they do, but it takes way more 
conversations, way more leads mm -hmm. to do it. So someone that already was coming from a topic experience, how do they increase their conversion? And I, this might sound like easy, but you, you got to role play. You got to practice, right? Because if, if I take someone that's brand new, that's never really done what I'm trying to teach about presenting options and understanding where the seller's at, me saying, hey, just do it is going to be tough, right? So I, I, daily practice and then role playing certain situations, I think is the key. I even role play still, right? And, and most, most uh, expert sales guys, and I'm not saying I'm an expert, but most of them have to practice daily. I was talking to this one guy, I went to uh, what's called Door to Door Con. It's in Salt Lake City. It's like a door to door convention where all the, the people, the best in the industry come. And there's this one dude who's the best, like he sells the most solar accounts for uh solar and uh he's like 60 years old he's a super old guy but he still knocks doors and he's like and i said what do you do that sets you apart he's like every day i i practice every day i wake up and practice because he told me that you know we all start with a battery in the morning it's let's say it's recharged by the end of that day that battery is depleted according to him and the next day if you just start picking up the phone immediately going at it that's still a, according to him your battery is still depleted, right? You haven't recharged it. So he says that morning practice, the role playing, getting the dust off before you start making calls, that's going to help you get better. And so daily incremental practice is the key to getting better. Yeah. So with my team, we do actually daily huddles at uh, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. We're currently Perfect. doing it at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, so that at 9 a.m. they can do, you know, start preparing and other ways to start a day. But 10 a.m. we go over wins whether that's personal wins or wins with clients that they've had. Mm -hmm. And then we also look at projections. So based on what you told me that at the beginning of the, of the, of the week, how are we looking for? Mm -hmm. Are we still the same or do we have more projections? And then we will do a training that would last either 30 minutes, 45 minutes, sometimes one hour uh, on specific skill sets that they want to fix that specific week, right? Or Perfect. that they're struggling with. Um, and sometimes we just either do a type of coaching or just role play. That could be one way, but we're doing it daily. And that's something that I started doing after I noticed last year when I did not do it, our performance as a team itself in the sales side, mm -hmm. like we're not getting as many contract went drastically down. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's daily practice. That's, it doesn't matter how experienced you are. You got to practice every day. It, yeah. It's like, uh, for basketball it's for anything. You know, okay. even professionals practice every day, right? So how do you set up someone, you're coming, someone's coming into like, I'm having such a pain, painful time to, to get people to accept my offer, even talk to me, continue mm -hmm. the conversation. They just want to tell me, no, tell me the price, tell me the price, no. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm having such a hard time just having quality conversations. Yeah. It's always goes to how you start the call how you set the, the call from the very beginning, potentially your tonalities or, or the way that you're approaching this seller. So if we were to dissect someone that is having those objections, always, always, right? what what do we need to analyze? So so let's talk about this. So you're saying maybe they're, someone's trying to rush them off the phone, yeah. right? So when I start a call, I always ask for permission to, to talk, right? Like, not like, Hey, can I talk? But it's more of like, Hey, did I catch you at a bad time? Is now a bad time? Or do you have time to talk? Right? Cause I'm not trying, has anyone ever called you and like a friend from a long time ago and you're in the middle of something and they just start talking, yeah. they just go right into it. Yeah. And you're like, 
you, you got to go, right? Yeah. That's, that's how sellers are too. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you want. They've never talked to you. So if you just call someone and immediately start, Hey, no, I saw that you want to sell your house. I was wondering, yeah, I can't even do it. Cause I don't even do it anymore. But like, <laughs> Hey, I was just calling this to talk about your but house. You used so to do it. Yeah. I used to do it, but like, Hey, I'm calling you about your house. Um, what, what's the condition of the house? Like if you just go right into that, that seller the whole time is like, what does this person want? Yeah. I don't got time for this. If you called me, I don't have time for this. We're, we're busy. Right. Yeah. So, and resistance just is just, you're putting a wall of resistance, right? Yeah. So immediately get that wall down by asking for permission to talk. Right. So immediately I say, Hey, I know we had a, this time scheduled. Just want to double check. Are you still good? Yes, I am good. Okay. That's at least eliminated the barrier that they're free. Then I say, how much time do you have? Just checking. Cause I'm not trying to run over. I got about five or 10 minutes. Great. Five or 10 minutes. That's all I need. And then you want to make sure that as you're talking to them, you, you check in. If you go over that time limit, like, Hey, it's been 10 minutes. I just want to know, are we still good to talk or do you have to go? Cause we can resume this. Uh, cause a lot of the resistance I'm assuming a lot of people face is because they never, they don't really know what's going on that other end of the phone call. They don't know if the person is in dinner, uh, or at a friend's house. So yeah, that, that would, uh, that's what I would say. 100%. Get, get permission. If you were to go back to when you were doing it the wrong way, yeah. even though you had a sales experience, but if you were to remember a few conversations that you were like, damn it, you know what? If I only did it the way that I'm doing it right now, which is an improved way of doing the sales process, mm -hmm. um, I could have probably gotten a deal. I could have gotten oh, something out 100%. of it. 100%. Like, yeah. What type of um, things that you remember, conversations that you remember of past leads, past sellers that you had like in the very beginning or like your first few few months or years in, in business, in the wholesaling side, you would remember like, oh my God, that could have really been a deal. Yeah, there's too many, man. There's a lot. And what, what I used to do is I would make my offer and then I, if they didn't accept it, I would just say, okay, like an ultimatum. You know, I'd be like, well, hey, I got to move on or I got to go to do another house if you don't accept that without diving in and finding out why like it didn't work out or like you know, if they're looking at other options. I would just say, okay, you know, if you if my offer is 170, if that doesn't work for you, um, you know, I, I got to go buy another property thinking that that would cause them to be like, oh, wait, don't go. There's there's hundreds of people probably calling them, right? You giving the ultimatum doesn't really work. So I probably would have just been like, Okay, I understand the offer doesn't work. What other options are you looking at? Like, okay. And 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 again, I didn't have the skill set to offer more than a wholesale offer, right? And then a lot of wholesalers at the beginning they don't. They don't know what else to do if they don't get accepted. But yeah. uh let's let's that, quickly talk about that. So you're day one into wholesaling mm -hmm. and you're so into like this YouTube university. Yeah. But they never realize that there is much more than just the wholesaling side because you're limiting yourself to uh, being able to solve only one problem. One problem, right? Only right. one problem. Yeah. And 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 sellers have multiple problems for different variations. Mm -hmm. And you're limiting yourself to only do, let's say, a certain amount of deals per the amount of leads or marketing that you do. Exactly. So so let's talk about that. Like, what are wholesaling? What are wholesalers missing? I like. Why, why are wholesalers suck when they start? <laughs> <laughs> it's because they only know how to make one offer. That's, that's about it, right? So if, if you really narrow it down, the amount of people that are willing to take 50% of their value of their home, right, is very low. It's like, what, 2% of all sellers need to sell that quickly in that situation. So if that's all you're able to do, 
And that's why I lost out on so many because I would just make that low offer. They'd say no. And then I'd say, all right, well, let me follow up with you. And I'd put them in a drip campaign or I would check in another 30 days. Hey, I was just calling to see if you're still interested in selling. Um, they'd say, yeah, I am, but I'm not, I can't accept your offer. Right. So, okay, well, let me, let me just keep checking in and one day maybe they'll change their mind. So there are some sellers that need that no matter what they have to accept the low offer because their house sucks. Like it's in really, really bad shape, but still you can work out other things. So again, why do wholesalers suck? Or we are saying wholesalers, they only know how to make one offer. That's it. Right. So let's walk through different type of offers yeah, that, yeah. that have given you a better slide edge in the of sales process. Of course. Yeah. So let's let's look at it this way. So you make a low, I always start with a low offer, right? And this, what is the reaction usually to a low offer? No, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, hey, look, I totally get, I totally get that you can't, you're not interested in 240. That's but if you want something that's fast, easy, and convenient, that's that's where it's gonna be from me or other investors. You're you're saying you want speed. Is, is getting that price worth it to you for the speed and convenience? And then the seller would say, probably not, right? And then you say, okay, if it's not worth it to you, let's explore some other options, all right? So the next thing I go is I say, can have you decided, if you want to make the most money for this, Mr. Seller, have you, you're going to make the most if you flip it yourself. Do you, do you have the opportunity or the ability to, to put some money into this and fix this? Would you? Mm, uh, not really. No. Yeah. Cause that would make you the most. And I want you to make the most again. I'd love to buy and flip it, make some money, but for you, so you don't have $40,000 to fix this up. No. Uh, man. Okay. I, I get it. Uh, so one of the other options that we have that we, we work with sellers is, uh, we can, we can actually like do like a partnership program. We can like work with you and we can list this thing. Uh, we can bring this to the open market and list it for you. And I can cover any repair costs that need to be done. And, you know, I'll take care of all the realtor fees, all the commissions, all that. And that, that way I'll be able to get you a, a higher price than my cash offer. Cause we're going to open this up to the market. Is that something that would be, you'd be open to? And, and you don't, you don't need to be a licensed realtor. No, well, we can work together. We can partner on it. All, all I need it's it's just some legal stuff that we got to do with some paperwork. But other than that, um, that would able be able to get you more money. It's an option. That could be an option. Okay, so that that's an option. Another way that I can get you more money is if we uh, if I buy your property on terms. I don't know if you've ever heard of creative financing, but basically, I just buy your home instead of paying you all up front, like the cash offer where I just give it to you once we close. I pay you over time. That way. I can make you a higher payment, but I can pay more, but it's just going to take time. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. Never heard of that. Yeah. No, we can dive deeper into it. I'm just giving you kind of like a surface surface level of what we can do. Cause really it sounds like to me getting the highest price is the most important for you. Is that kind of what I'm understanding? Yeah. I want to, I want to get the most out of it. Yes. Okay. So if I weren't, if you weren't able to get the, you know, everything up front, but still get the price you're asking for of 300,000, um, with that, is that something you'd look like to explore a little bit further? Get you the price you want, but you know, not at all up front. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be open to explore something like that. Okay, so then depending on where they're leaning, right? Then we dive into a little bit more yeah. about that, right? Yeah, I actually run. Not everyone needs three hundred thousand dollars right away for what? Right, and and if they say yes, I need all of it. Okay, what are you going to use that money for? What right. are you going to use that money for? We're going to exactly. use that money for. Yeah, so so those are kind of the, the process that I go through. Low cash offer. Usually say no. I say, hey, well, look, how about you? How about you fix it? I can give you some contacts. They don't have the money. Most people don't have the time or the money. They have five months and seventy k to fix up their house. So they say, okay, well, we can bring this to open market and do innovation. We can do creative financing. 
or uh, you know, I can just list this, maybe give you a contact with one of my agents and they can list it as is. So now you've given them five things they can do. Uh, and they've already said no to, you know, wanting to fix it. So you've given them more options and normally they're going to go, usually they go back to the cash offer. They're like, look, all this sounds, you know, I'd rather just have the money up front. This all kind of sounds confusing, right? Or if they don't get it. So that's kind of usually what happens for me. And the last thing I do, if they've denied them all, I say, Hey, look, I got a big network of investors that I work with. You didn't want us to bring this to the open market. You didn't want to do creative and you don't want that cash offer. Let me run this by a couple of my investors that I know. Just give me five days. We're going to sign an option to purchase agreement. Just give me five days to run this legally, run this by my investors. And if I'll bring you all the offers they, they've pretty much given to me. And if any of them work, we can move forward. And then what I do is I present to them. I, I hit up my buyers that I'm tight with and I present them the offers that the buyers have made. And I just add my fee in there. So if someone offered 260, I say, hey, this buyer offered 250. So now those, what are those? Those are like six, five, six different ways to, to talk to a seller. And none of them, none of these, they felt pressure, right? Yeah. They didn't no, feel I like I, I was trying to push them. I love it. So, okay, look, obviously um, the speed to execution is crucial in this game because there's a lot of people like they learn wholesaling and they get also excited. They see all these $15,000 checks, $20,000 checks, sometimes huge checks. Yeah. And then they try to do this. But you just mentioned that we have to be able to be uh, a problem solver. Pro first problem seeker, problem solver, if we need to find what the problem is with the, with the seller and solve their problem specifically tailored to them. Right. So if there is five different ways to solve uh, people's problems, right? And the one that is being taught right away is wholesaling. How, when should they be starting to learn the other ones? I would say immediately, man, because again, you're, you're putting yourself in a box if all you're doing is offering those low, low offers, right? Um, especially with the way the market shifted when the property values were high and a lot of these sellers still want that high price, right? Yeah. So if, you, if you're stuck, you're really just... Uh, Putting, like I said, putting yourself in a box, limiting your options if you're just uh, going to make cash So how offers. would you approach that learning curve? So wholesaling is getting something discounted, you know, ARV on 60, 70, 50% of ARV and right. whatever. <clears throat> and the other ones, how would you approach the learning all these other uh, offers type of skill sets? That pra it's got to be practice, man. Because the way I do it, it's, it's a number. It's just all numbers. You just have to. I have actually have a calculator that I put all my offers into, and it populates all the different options. Dif different options for the do sellers. You build this calculator, or yeah, yeah. So I, I've taken a uh, through uh, doing other courses and getting hard money lenders calculators. I've just kind of assembled one where if you uh, um, put in the 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 data, it will populate all the sellers' net options of like what they're going to be able to walk away with and I actually sit down on zoom calls or in person with sellers. And I say, these are your options. Which one do you like? Because these are, they're all going to help you get to your goal, but at different times. Right? So if someone comes to me and they're like, I need to sell in five days. Well, novation is not going to work. Creative might work. Right. But, uh, you know, flipping's not going to work. You're not gonna be able to flip it that fast. So it's, you really, now, you know, in their timeline, okay, we got a wholesaler creative. Those are the only two that are really going to make sense. So it, again, it's understanding what the seller wants and their timeline and then crafting the offer, um, 
a lot of people call it transactional engineering. Like tra I'm a transaction engineer. I know how to uh, make the right offers, but you just got to practice. And you got to know the numbers. Yeah. Um, have you ever had situations? I feel like a lot of people try to list it on the market lately, mm -hmm. uh, work with realtors, but realtors couldn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And they just can't get offers. They can't sell it, whatever. Uh, and now they're coming to investors, and, but they already have some sort of contract with a realtor or the realtor comes mm -hmm. and be like, I need help. Like, have you, do you know how to approach that, those type of situations? Yeah. Yeah. I actually wholesale a lot of deals that are on the MLS, right? Uh, you just, you gotta be at the right number. So if it's currently on market, you can't, you can't do a novation, right? Cause it's already listed. You can't, uh, relist it. And uh, so you only have two options at that point where you can really help the seller is a cash offer or you can do creative. So again, it, it's, it's really knowing, like you said, what can you do in certain situations? So those are the two that, that you can still do a deal. So for example, if a, if, if an agent comes to me and says, Hey, Nate, I've been trying to get offers and the seller needs to sell quick. It's listed. I would just say, okay, well, this is the offer cash offer. That's going to make sense. And then I would have a buyer in place, right? Or I'd buy it, right? And then if it's creative, then I'd say, okay, well, you got to get paid your commission. And for this deal to make sense, I'm, I can't put a lot of money down. So I can put just enough to pay your commission and then tell the seller, we're just going to take over the payments. Okay. So the, does that make sense? Yeah, you, it makes you sense. You just have the two, the two options. Love it. Uh, you know, I never had like a, like not a rapid fire or a conversation about objections mm -hmm. when you have to reactively react to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe most objections should be eliminated by asking the right questions where it basically removes the objection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before it ever comes up. But when they do come up and you have to be reactive to it, uh, a lot of people have literally issues understanding how to overcome that objection. Yeah, let's try it. So it's a concern. Um, Give me an objection. All, all right. Let's do objections. Uh, maybe I can quickly like have here my objection handling uh, sheet and see. Uh, see how I do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how you would approach it because there are different ways to approach an objection. Of course, yeah. So um, let's do um, let's do what the objection is. Um, all right, let's find one here. See if I got the sauce, bro. Let's go. Let's see if I got it. <laughs> All right, so I don't get a lot of objections, so I, I might not be good at this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on, honestly just shopping around for the best price possible. What do you think caused that objection, and how would you respond? So I'm shot. Maybe they feel like they're going to get pressured, right? So they're, they're immediately just saying, "Hey, I'm just shopping around." And the way to, uh, the way to over, I would overcome that. I'd be like, "Hey, I totally get it. I would do the exact same thing if I were you." So you're shopping around. What ha what shopping have you already done so far? What what have you figured out? That's what I would do. I would try to figure out what they've done. Yeah, to to kind of uncover, like uh, if there is a some sort of concern or something. Like mm -hmm. there is something behind there, right? Yeah, and, and the thing is, like my goal every anything the seller says is like, hey, we're on the same team. I ain't here to convince you to take my offer. I'm not here to make you go with me. That, so they feel that the whole time. So objections, um, again, I it's always like, hey, I, yeah. I get where you're coming from. I feel the same way. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So another one. Yeah, I've had like several phone calls even today about this. People just asking me for a cash offer. It comes, it, It's very ridiculous. Uh, mm -hmm. 
And I think that you're going to do the same thing. So I don't know. I know it's, it's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, so are you right now, are you selling at the moment or, or not really? I mean, it has to be with the right, with the right person, the right price. Cause right. all these other people, they're just coming in with like giving me low ball, and a yeah. low ball and, yeah. and, and it's not even good. So yeah, that's frustrating. I feel frustrated too, especially it's probably sounds like all these people are reading the script, right? Yeah, it does. Doing. It does. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I can assure you that's not what I do. I'm I'm just here to see if we can work together. And if if I can't work with you, no worries. No big deal. So uh yeah, are, are you good to talk? Like I I know I just called you. Do you have a couple minutes to chat? Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's go into it. All right, awesome. Let's do um <clears throat> Hey, look, I don't know. I'm I have no place to go to uh, after I sell. Like I, I honestly I wouldn't you know, it's kinda it's kinda like a strange moment right now for me. So man i can't i re honestly i can't imagine being in that situation so so you don't have a place to move you said no man like if i'm currently living in the house and i I don't know i wouldn't know what to do after it's all like so is it a is it an option to just keep it can you just stay in the house uh if that's possible yes well i don't know is it like are you losing the house or you like do you, why why do you need to sell well ultimately i you know i I lost my job and I need I need some money and everything. So so you you kind of need to sell or yeah okay. Well, well, what I would do is let's explore some options for you to stay there because it sounds like you don't have anywhere to go, right? No, I don't have. So, so in this situation, I would just say like, well, let's get you to stay, right? I don't even want to buy your house. It sounds like you ain't got nowhere to go. If you don't have anywhere to go, and really, I'm sure you have somewhere to go. Like I'm, I'm just saying, talking out loud right now, but yeah, it would. If the person doesn't want to go and they have anywhere to go, that well, let's figure out how we can keep you there, right? And that's yeah. that's how I uh, address situations like that. It's like, let's do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? This sounds all. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to you know list it with the agent or just see if I can we can get somewhere there. You're you're gonna list it? Yeah, it's a good so. idea. I think that's a good idea. But uh, so so I. I made you that offer and you're, you're saying you want to list it now. Um, is it, what's wrong with my offer? You just, is it not getting you what you need? Uh, it, honestly, man, like, I don't, I don't know like how would that all work out? It's kind of like flimsy or whatever. I, I've never had to deal with, you know, something like that. And I don't know if that's, it's even possible. So my offer you're, you're saying, if I understand you correctly, you're just not sure if it's like legit maybe. Yeah, man, like you make it sound all nice and everything, but honestly, like the only way that I see it happening is with like an agent properly licensed. Yeah. Oh, I totally get it. I, I, this is new for a lot of people. A lot of people have never sold their house to investor cash. So let me ask you this. What would make you feel like this was more real or legit? Is there anything I could do to make you feel like this was a little bit, you'd be a little bit more confident in this? Sure, sure. All right. Let me combine it with another one. Mm -hmm. Um, like, how would you even, how would you even uh, be able to buy my house without even like walking through it? Like, great question. Yeah. So right now we're talking, and my sales process or like how we I purchase properties is we uh, we agree on a price. I already looked online. I, I ran some comps. It makes sense. And after we sign an agreement, that's when I do my due diligence period and, and take a look at the property. I make a lot of offers on a lot of properties, so I can't go to every single one of them unless I have them under contract or I'd be wasting my time. So if that's not something that works for you, I totally get it. But uh, that's just kind of how we, 
we, we work. So yeah. would that work for you? If we, you know, we, we agree on this price, you give me five, five days due diligence for me to verify everything. Would, is that, would that be okay? Yeah, that could, that, that could definitely work. Okay. Another one. Uh, and this is the last one. Yeah, that's good. I like um, these. It's good. So look, man, with my situation, I think I'm better off to just, you know, filing bankruptcy and, 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 and do instead of altering this instead. Hmm, that's tough. I I don't really know what happens in bankruptcy. Are you, are you, what are the cons that you've looked into of filing bankruptcy? Like what's, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like that's, that might be the easiest option. I don't, I, I wouldn't be able to speak to that because I don't know what, I, I'm sure it's not good. I think it ruins your credit. Um, let's hopefully, I would like to explore other things we can do so you don't have to. I think that there's some bad things that can happen through bankruptcy. Are you open to, you know, exploring some other options instead of doing that? Or are you have you already dead set on filing bankruptcy? No, I don't know, man. It's just like this all this thing got me all so stressed out and everything. So you're overwhelmed. It sounds like you're overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, um, let me let me try to narrow this down for you. I think there's a lot of things going on in your life, maybe from what we've talked about. It sounds like a Seems like things are kind of tough. Let, let me show you what I have to narrow down your options for you. And if you don't feel comfortable with any of those, let's just stop and we don't have to move forward. Okay. Uh, let's do another one. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to go and talk with my wife or husband and, uh, you know, just take a look at this offer, being able to, to see whether if, if it's something good that we want to move forward. Okay. So, so you got to talk about your wife. We already talked about, about your wife earlier. You, she, you were telling me that she just really doesn't make the decisions. Right. Um, and it's all up to you. So, um, are you, do you want to just check with her? Cause you're unsure if like, this is a good option for you. Uh, yeah, we want to be in the same page. Obviously I respect whatever she has to say and everything. So, okay. So let me ask you this. I, I that's totally fine. You want to check with your wife. If, if she said, if you went to her and she said, let's do it, what would you do? Would you be ready to make pull the trigger and do it, or are you, are you uncertain? Let's just make let's just hypothetically say she's okay with it. Yeah, um, I think that it would make sense. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're good. You're sold as far as I know. It's just you just want to double check. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, do, do you have some time we could give her a call right now just to double check? I mean, I have you on the phone. I'm not trying to you know hound you and get you later. Let's can we give her a call right now? Um. I don't know. I could try. I don't know if she's busy. Yeah. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Just because, again, you know, I'm busy. You're busy. I'm not trying to, you know, f get on another call if we don't have to. Yeah. It sounds like you're sold too. Unless, I, unless I'm reading this wrong. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah you're okay. Right. Cool. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a rapid fire. Yeah. How how did you think? I mean, that's just how I handle the situation. No, what, it's what great. What are your thoughts? It's great. It's great. Um, I feel like um, all of this comes with role playing. A hundred percent role playing. Yeah. Cause th this is the thing, like watching videos, like all these newer wholesalers, everybody, even me, when I first started, you can watch those videos for hours and hours and hours and without practice, without implementation, without even getting on the phone and getting wrecked and getting rocked. You can't, you, you don't learn, you learn through practice, through taking action. And I think that's the problem with uh, a lot of the newer investors is they just, they just want to learn, yeah. but they don't want to take action. Another big thing is I don't know how you do, but I I listen to my calls, mm -hmm. especially at the very beginning when I was learning sales, like consistently. Like, what did I just say, or what was I thinking, or or, or what what was the call all about? I I need to listen to this. Yeah. Why why did it not close? Mm -hmm. Why did it get a negative outcome? And when you do, 
you have to grab your calls and review them. It's painful also, sometimes too, isn't it? To listen to yourself, you're like, yeah, oh it's cringe sometimes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, at, at the beginning, especially, you're gonna see how cringe it is. And whenever you realize that you have five different ways to solve a salvage problem mm -hmm. and that you missed uh, something that they said. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Active sure. listening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, let me give you an example. I actually listened to one of the calls I did. I did a Zoom call with this lady and I, I, I blew it. Right. And this is what happened. So I, I went over my options. My offer was my cash offer was at 240. Her, she got one previously at 275 which I don't know how the guy did it, right? It's just too high and I couldn't compete. Uh, so I took her through the options and she's like, look, I think I'm just going to go with the guy 275. And I said, well, by when, when are you going to make that decision? Because I can do, and I pitched the option to purchase. I said, I can run this by my investors. I can't pay you what you want, but maybe I have someone that will pay more than the other investor. And she's like, okay, yeah, run it by your people. And I said, hey, usually I have, the seller sign an option to purchase agreement that gives me a five or seven day t period, but I'll just do it. If you just give me, if you verbally say I can do it and you wait and don't sign, cause this is going to be a waste of my time. If I, uh, you know, I go look and find someone and then you've already signed. So she's like, I'll give you a week. And we were really cool. We we're having a good time. And, uh, then three days into, I find a buyer who's 20 K over 275. I don't, I don't know how I did it. It doesn't make sense, but he wanted it as a rental. So I was going to make $20,000, right? So I reach out to her. What do you What do you think she already did? She already went with the other person oh. because she because I'm sure they were hounding her. I'm sure they were like, you know, hey, let's go. Yeah. And for me, I just trusted that she would just give me a week. But she motivation can change in like a day. You know, she could have just waked up the next day and be like, hey, this other guy's wanting me to go. Let's just do it. So she she told me she already was going to sign with him, and I'm like, oh gosh. So I didn't. I was lazy, and I didn't send her the agreement to sign to give me the time. So. That's something that I realized by listening back on that call. I'm like, man, I shouldn't have been lazy. I should have just had her sign it because then I would have, you know, at least had that agreement in place to protect myself for saving that time. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, when you said, when you listen back to your calls, would you learn? Well, I learned I shouldn't be lazy and I should have just yeah. got her to sign Let's it. talk about like wholesalers. They sometimes they just want to respond back mm -hmm. and continue with the script. Right, right. But uh, really, uh, they're not absolutely listening to what they're saying. What yeah. The words that are coming out of the seller's mouth fully and like chunk it down for each thing that they say. Right. Until and, and asking the right questions. So let's talk about like more like the active listening the active part of listening. it. Yeah. So I think the problem with active listening is if you're new and you're just trying to stick to a script that you're trying to read, you're not listening, right? For me, I don't have a script anymore because I've role play. Like again, we role play. We practice enough where we kind of know where we're trying to take the call. We're trying to find out what's the problem and how can we solve it. So, I think if if you're just stuck to a script, it's going to be tough to actively listen. That I don't. I don't really rocks use scripts, so it's really hard for me to say um, if you use a script and you can actively listen. You I just, know it'd be difficult. For you me. just have the. You just know the process. It's the the process. framework. You know that it has. You want to get from here to here? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter how, what order, as long as you get to here, and ultimately that allows you to be more present in the conversation. Yes, exactly. Uh, as you go through the framework, uh, you know that okay. I need to find out if we have time to talk. Are they available? Okay, great. Check mark. I need to find out why they're selling, whether that's after condition or not. 
check mark, right? I need to find out what options they've explored. I need to find out a little bit about the house, their timeline, um, mortgage balance, if, if you can get that. And uh, that's pretty much it. If you can get those things, it doesn't really matter what order, as long as you understand, because at the end of that, uh, by knowing all the information, you can move forward and send a contract, you can make an offer. So yeah, if I think understanding the framework is more important than knowing what to say, like with script wise. Yeah, 100%. It's something that, uh, and this is why I actually think that people are not seeing for uh, this. Is, I'm talking about here, uh, VAs. So people are not seeing the potential in VAs because what they do is that they grab the script, give it to the VA, follow that script mm -hmm. instead of teaching them what you just taught me yeah, or what you just taught our, our, our listeners here, that it's not about the script. It's about the framework. It's about the process. Doesn't matter how the script is, whether it's printed with blue ink, black ink, whatever, yeah. it's Spanish, English, or has like a Q, like uh, grammar mistakes. It doesn't matter what the script says. If you know how to go from point A all the way to point Z, and you know what the outcome is and the few elements that we need to grab and listen to the conversation, you can ultimately teach that to someone else yeah. that is not necessarily um, living here in this country. A hundred percent. I think virtual assistants are perfect, brother. Are perfect. And um, they can learn all that. Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, I think I think what it starts off with, it starts off with a script, right? Because I got to know the it, script does teach you the framework and it kind of teaches you what to say. But eventually throw that thing away and just practice daily and, and figure out, get objections kind of like we did. And um, you can't beat yourself up too bad either. Like if you say something the wrong way or it doesn't work out, that's okay. You're learning. Yeah. And, and that losing out on that 20K deal, that hurts, right? It's like, yeah. But it's a learning. What am I going to do next? Yeah. I'm going to make her sign, like not make, I'm going to get per someone to sign if they say yes, yeah. run it by your people. That's something I learned. How can people ultimately learn confidence? Action. Yeah, you're, you can't be confident in something if you're not practicing and, and taking action, right? So if you, if you, for example, um, I've never skydived, right? I would not be confident at all to skydive, right? By myself, right? But why, how could I get there? This is just an example. Well, I'd probably have to jump out with an instructor, right? And then after that, I can go by myself and then I'm just jumping out, no problem. So confidence comes from taking action. And, and that's, that's a funny thing as I teach uh, newer investors. I say, what questions do you have about wholesaling or whatever? They say, I don't have any questions. I'm like, well, you're probably not, you're probably not trying it. You're probably not, haven't called anyone because as soon as they make that first call, they got a thousand questions because something happened. They got a rejection. So confidence comes from trying it, taking action. I like that. I like that answer, man. Uh, cool. So here you're in Miami, man. You came with your wife. That's right. Uh, you she's coming tonight and you're going to be present in the mini vacations that you got yeah I'm but excited. as an entrepreneur uh that is teaching sales what's next for you like what what do you do what you want to accomplish with this you know what this is the problem i get as i talk to students like or people that potentially want to like join my program it's the same thing they keep on saying is they know what to do but they're not doing it right so my program my mentorship is geared around not making someone do it, but helping them do it, right? Like I'll, I'll actually hop on calls with my people. I'll actually listen to their calls. I'll actually set me, in a, set me up an appointment with the seller you're talking to and let's do a three-way call or I'll call them. Because again, that's, that's 
they struggle. Everybody struggles with taking action. That's just what happens. They, it's scary. It's tough. Um, I even struggle with taking action. I'd rather not call a seller. I'd rather just chill. Everybody struggles, but that's kind of what I do. And that's like where I'm trying to go is create a program or create, uh, something that helps people do something, helps them take the action. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, they buy courses, they go through it or maybe don't never go through it mm-hmm. and they're stuck there. And there is like group coachings that maybe some of them go and ask questions. Some people never go and ask questions. Yes. So I think your approach is great. Um, now, like what if, what if they have like team members, like how they approach that? T- like, how do you mean like, like closers, if- acquisition people or lead managers and things like that? It's a great question. Most of the people that I coach, it's just like, uh, they're, they're kind of one off. Yeah. They're, yes. they're, they don't, they don't have like big teams, but I would say if someone joined my program and wanted to experience, like practice their sales, I would just say, Hey, bring your team. Like, why not? You know, I won't be able to coach each one of them individually, but we could at least get them on the group. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something I could do to help them out. And I've actually, I, I get like a bunch of leads for free from, uh, other cold calling companies, like, um, just from promoting their stuff. And I'm saying, I say, Hey, bring your sales guys. They can listen to my coaching calls, right. Just to help them out. So that, I think that would help out. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I would. How's the format of your program right now? So what, uh, as soon as if they join, how did that look like? So there's two, there's two levels, right? So there's a club, there's a wholesaling club. That's not like a mentorship. That's like more of a program. They can get every, they get literally everything they need to succeed. And that's, and they get a, a call or two calls a week that are actually ran by my students, right? I say, Hey, go ahead. You're, you're, you're going to be my mentorship. You're going to go help the people that are in the club program. So that's, that's it. It's, it's less expensive and uh, it's just a way to get started. But if you're in my mentorship, it's like, Hey, we're meeting every day. I'm running. Not only am I going to have my sales guys that work for me in there, but you can hop on, see how I work with them. And we're going to train on offers. So those are the two options. You want to work with me, join my mentorship. Or if you just want the done for you approach where it's just like, Hey, gives you everything and you got to take action yourself. That's the wholesaling club. Nice. Is that is that confusing or is that no? It's okay. good. It's good. So it's just good. two levels: mentorship, yeah. work with me, lower, do it yourself. I give you everything you need. Love that. How can people, uh, you know, find you or? Yeah, gr- you? great question. Investorthrive.com. Mm-hmm. If you just go to investorthrive.com, um, you you can uh, reach out to me. I do a masterclass every Thursday, starting actually next week, where uh, you can go on. I'll teach you how to take action, where to get started, and uh, yeah, and at the end of that, I can. I give out a, like a little offer on how to join. So the masterclass every Thursday, join that. And even if you don't join, at least the masterclass, you're going to learn some good stuff. So that's that's the best way to do it. Investorthrive.com. Investorthrive.com. Any Instagram, IG? Yeah, I got, I got it all. But uh, I'd probably just go to Investorthrive.com just because it's uh, easier. And then if you want to follow me on any of the other stuff, you can... Love it. Investorthrive.com. Investorthrive.com. All right, Nathan. Thank you so much for being here. It was cool, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me Now you're going to go and get some uh, tan in uh, Miami. Dude, I I can't wait. I'm about to go to the Keys. Also, the Everglades. My wife is uh, and me. We like birds. I don't know if you've ever been bird watching, Mm. uh, but we like to look at birds. And we're going to go to the Everglades on Saturday. And we have like this instructor who's like a bird expert that's going to like take us around. We're going to go look for cool birds. Nice, man. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Great. So 
Yeah, and Everglades has alligators, which are dinosaurs, and birds yes. used to be dinosaurs before. So you love dinosaurs. I'm a dinosaur fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I hope I. You're saying don't get eaten by an alligator. I hope not. Man. No, no, you hell be no. Careful. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for being here, and everyone that is listening. If you love this episode, please give us a review. It only takes about sixty seconds. Share it with your circle again. Um, tell us why you loved it in. The in just in the comments below and also in Spotify or Apple Podcast and follow Nathan Payne at InvestorThrive.com. Do it. Thank you so much for everything and this was great. Bye-bye. Yeah.